Welcome back, Cincinnati Bengals fans. We are running through the jungle with, here with your roaring reactions. I have Justin Lacey and Tim Lyons, myself, B Dirt, Brandon Harriet. How's it going, fellas? Can't do anything any better than what we just witnessed this uh, today. I, I want to say on Sunday, but today's Saturday. Um, yeah, I, it, this football afternoon just kind of you know threw me off because I'm just thinking that the whole time I got to go back to work in the morning. But no, oh. <laughs> tomorrow's Sunday for more football. So two weeks what in a row, win, man. Yeah, yeah, two I'm weeks in a row good. Saturday football. I, I I don't mind it though. I don't mind it. Tim, how are you doing? I'm doing excellent, man. Excellent. Yeah, we just got a W. You know. <laughs> Makes my Saturday a hell of a lot better, a hell of a lot easier, and I'm great spirits. Yeah, got a little bit of the cardiac cats back uh, in yeah. action today. Uh, a little come from behind. I, I really did. I felt like, um, with the uh, exception of a couple of, uh, you know, big plays from them, I thought we were playing better, but I was afraid we were going to run out of time. I really was. So. Uh, but we didn't. We were outgained 424 to 378, uh, but pulled off the 27-24 three-point win um, when we were favored by three points. So, once again, Vegas really good at setting odds. <laughs> Not all the news. Good news, though. Um, had a couple of Bengals go out with injury. You know, Jamar Chase came out in a sling. And uh, it looks like DJ Reader could miss the remainder of the season with a knee injury. Not good news. And I feel bad for for Reader, too, going into a contract year. You never want to see that injury. Um, but going into a contract year, it's especially painful to to watch. But, uh, you guys, what, what were your opening thoughts here uh, of the game overall? Justin, what did you think of it? All right, so... I'm just really proud. I'm really proud of this team. That right there, this my opening monologue is going to basically be, that was a culture win. Uh, Zach Taylor had preached culture a lot in his tenure as a Bengals head coach. Early on when we were losing a lot of games, people laughed at it. Then we started making our runs and deep playoff runs with Joe Burrow came in the fold. And when Joe Burrow went down, it just showed that the culture still can withstand itself even if our best guy has gone down and it just shows that this this is a mark of a dangerous team so we're getting hot at the right time i understand that the injury bug also hit us at the wrong day too because we're trying to make a playoff push um to get a lock a playoff spot locked up i should say and it just dj reader going out hurt you saw it with the rush defense and it also hurt when jamar chase went down too but they still was able to rally around that and didn't show that we're still going to go out there and win this game, even when it felt like that everything was starting to work against the Bengals. Minnesota got incredibly fortunate a number of times during this game. The refs were on their side for the most part. We didn't get away with lucky calls. They did. And I still, in spite of all of that, the Bengals still showed them that this ain't no moral victory, even with the avalanche of points that we did in the fourth quarter. We're going to go out there and put out there and show a statement win. And damn it, they actually they did it. So I tip my cap as my overall opening statement about this Bengals ball club, man. What a win. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you. I mean, I, when you start talking about the referees, I think everybody was clamoring for the uh, defensive pass interference there uh, when they threw the ball at the tee. Now, that's, you know, there, there was some uh, 
T Higgins is down there somewhere in that, in that throw. I don't know that yeah. that was the, you know, it was, Hey, it's third down. We, we it's going to be a punt or T is going to have to make a play on the ball. Um, but yeah, I, I, you know, there was some, you know, good, bad and ugly. I thought about it. Um, but again, that culture, I agree with you a hundred percent, uh, that man, they, they battle, um, the coaches keep making, uh, changes to the game plans and the, the players keep making, uh, you know, adjustments as well. Tim, what'd you think of the game? First half had me worried, you know, I know Braden was seeing my text messages and everything. And, you know, I was like, the defense is defense needs to, needs to tighten up. We need to figure out what's going on. You know, they were running the ball, throwing to the tight ends. Tight ends were open, tight end, tight end. You know, I was worried that first half, you know, I was like, oh man, here we go. And then, then the second half came along and, you know, they moved the ball right down the field opening, you know, to open up the, the second half and score that touchdown. And, you know, I wasn't all uh, unicorns and rainbows over here. I was kind of worried. I was like, oh, man, here we go, you know. Oh, we know. We saw the group chat, bro. <laughs> yeah, I was I was just, you know, I wasn't sure if the defense was going to tighten up or if we were going to start moving the ball well. Um, the third quarter came along. We didn't really move the ball at all in the third quarter. Well, I, I don't have any, you know, fabulous things that I wrote down for notes on in the third quarter. But in the fourth quarter, you know, they finally came out, moved the ball, scored, put points on the board, tied the game up, tied the game up, won the game in the OT. You know, I am very proud of these guys. You know, it, it, it's it's been a conversation that I've been part of. And, you know, I've got friends that are big-time Steelers fans. And, you know, they talk about the – the tradition or the leadership that the Bengals have that they don't have. And that proves it today. You know, us being down 17 to three after the third quarter and come back and win 27 to 24. Keep it up guys. Keep it up. I I enjoy watching you guys play, even though, you know, you make me, you know, want to reach for the uh, blood pressure medicine, but you guys did a wonderful job. I'm going to actually go ahead and say this too, because Look, we almost got the Jake Brown and Pumpkin game when I was watching when we as we were watching that game in the first half. You know, he didn't look good. I felt like that they were trusting too much on his arm strength a little too much instead of actually running the ball. I actually tweeted that out yeah. during the game is that you you can't play into the hands of this Minnesota's defense right now. They wanted to go up early in the game and it felt like when they went up 7 to 3, it was going to feel like the Cleveland Browns game all over again back in week 1. And that all they want to do is just churn out the clock and run the ball and run the ball and run the ball. Because even in the second half, the defense didn't really show no willpower to stop it, except for certain spurts. They did kind of get themselves together on certain drives. But the the backup running back for the Minnesota Vikings, I can't even get his name right uh, right now. But he 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 killed it, man. Um, he he ran all over us for the most part of the afternoon. But at the end of the day, again, this is where I come back and say, like, it never truly felt like Minnesota was trustworthy enough within their own, you know, personnel. And they, I feel like that they were impatient that they wanted to get the ball to Justin Jefferson, Jordan Addison, as I mentioned with um, the fortune they they were very fortunate. Jordan Addison played one hell of a game. I give him that two touchdown passes, um, two touchdown receptions, but 
he was very fortunate to catch that ball that he struck down the field uh, that he just struck and went streaking down the field for their his first touchdown that ball should have been felt incomplete if that was literally any other receiver but it was just a fortunate bounce neither DJ one Turner, of those passes should have been thrown it should period. have never been thrown at they all got, they were just they very fortunate <laughs> they were just very fortunate passes for him and uh and i think that you started noticing that this Minnesota Vikings team is just getting really, really lucky that these balls are just playing right into their hands. And I felt that way when they, when they, when the 49ers and the Vikings played when Kirk Cousins was still healthy. Yeah. I felt that way then. And that even though the Vikings won and they played aggressive and tough at home, they were very fortunate with some of the throws that Kirk Cousins made that just magically happened to land in that lap of the receivers to make big plays. And that's what happened almost today. But the Bengals were resilient enough and matured enough to overcome it and that's where i have to tip my cap off to the coaching staff offense and defense especially that you you've weathered through the storm miles murphy had himself an afternoon too so but i i, I needed to compound on a lot of that because jake brown jake browning almost had that pumpkin game everybody's still sitting out back waiting for but here's the thing that nobody's talking about um didn't jake brown already have that when we played the Steelers the first time and against the Baltimore Ravens in the second half of that game when Burrow did go out initially with his injury, if he already kind of went through that a little bit. So I feel like that people still can't believe that he's playing this good of football. And he, again, he didn't play good in the first half. But look at the total stats, man, and look at the throws that he made. So he got very fortunate with T. Higgins making big-time catches too and Tyler Boyd making catches too. But at the end of the day, he was also without Jamar Chase. Uh, for most of the fourth and fourth quarter and in uh, overtime, he didn't have his guy. So, and you still may be able to make big plays happen. Sorry, uh, I had to go on that little rant there. I'll, I'll tell you that my notes here are pretty much uh, uh, backing up the the points you've already, you guys have already made. I think we we watched the game very much so in the same prism. Um, you know, Mullins two touchdowns to Addison, uh, a shallow crossing route, and. DJ Turner, who continues to give up big play here and there, um, which you expect from a rookie. Um, <laughs> but what a play toy, man, to have somebody that can actually cover that shallow crossing route and stick to him like glue. That yeah. pass, if it would have been a good pass, it would have been batted down. It right. had to be a bad pass at his toenails and have him drip it off the ground in order to run it in. Mm -hmm. And it, it shouldn't a perfect have been throw because he was getting hit when he <laughs> right. threw it. Um, yeah. And then the other one back across his body into traffic. That's, I mean, everybody yelled, no, no, no. And then Vikings fans yelled, yay. Um, I thought it was picked. I thought it was, was going to get intercepted. Yeah. That was the luckiest pass on earth. He got yeah. luckier than hell. It should Both have been passes. Batted down. I know. It, yep. You know, it, it is what it is. <sighs> And then and then Hawkinson starts off hot, right? And they hit yeah. a couple oh my of gosh. backup tight ends too. But I think he only had one catch in the in the second half. He ended up with six catches for sixty three yards. And if you tell yeah. me that going into the game, I take it. I take it because you know that's a win for us for what we've been doing. And I think I saw some adjustments. I saw some guys, uh, you know, uh, rotate down. I saw Dax Hill playing him some man man on man, which. I liked seeing, I thought um, at that point, um, uh, I thought Pratt also uh, did some some better coverage on him as well. Uh, but I, I'm remiss if I didn't mention a guy that we've been clamoring to see more of, 
DJ Ivy goes down on a punt return. Yeah, that man. doesn't look good. Non-contact yeah. knee. That's that's a, never a good thing. And uh, you know, he was tearing up, getting carted back into the locker room. So you do wish that you do wish him well for the young kid. But I do want to reiterate something because along the lines that we all were saying about the first half and all that stuff, I was jotting down my notes of the game as I was watching it. And I was watching with the mindset, even though I had no doubt that we weren't going to be competitive and should come back and I mean, I didn't say we didn't win this game, but like I had watched the game from the lens of writing down bullet points. Like, look, this is why the Bengals are probably going to lose this game because of da 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 this. And one of the things that you mentioned was <laughs> we still can't cover tight ends. You know, TJ Hawkinson, he made that great catch on third and 14 where we just played, you know, was a dime defense, nickel defense, mm-hmm. where all the guys in the secondary rush three passers deep in their own end zone, too. And that was just like, oh, really? Like, it, this continues to happen again. And then they got another guy, Josh Oliver, and then their third string tight end. And it almost felt like that they were beating us, playing our own game of how we beat in other teams when we had our collection of tight ends to just catch great passes out of the backfield or screens or wheel routes or whatever the case it may be. It felt like they were running the Bengals offense with Jake Brown and slash Joe Burrow today. And that was frustrating. But in the late in the game, and this was, I believe, um, the final drive before overtime when Trey Henderson got the strip sack, they showed him the same look. And they knew Nick Mullins was going to make that same exact throw to the tight end. And at that time, I didn't mind it because Logan Wilson was right there for the stick hit and make him short, and they had to punt yeah. the ball. So yeah. they adjusted in due time. It took a while, but I did want to bring that up that it was it was frustrating to watch too. Yeah, and and you know one of the things that looks a little more lopsided this game than the past two, um, running the ball eighteen times by running backs um, versus forty two yards passing. But again, we scored twenty one points in the fourth quarter. We scored three in overtime, so 24 of our 27 points were after the first three quarters. Yep. You're playing from behind. You're not going right. to run the ball as much. You know, I get that, right. but we still did run it some in that third and fourth quarter a couple times just to keep them yep. honest, and I think that makes a big difference in in, in our passing efficiency and blocking. Um, you know, Kappa also uh, came out for a couple plays. Uh, Cody Ford went in and, and – I didn't notice. I was fine. looking. I was looking. I was like, "Uh oh!" Uh, but he he held up just fine. I, you know, they're not their interior defensive linemen aren't going to be the best in the league. But but uh, all things yeah. good. Bengals win all in all. It's a game we normally line. lost, right? Right, right. For right. the past three that, years, that that that's the key right there. As you just said, this is a game that usually the Bengals lose. And we're always blaming, oh, they didn't run the ball enough. The official screwed us with this call and that call. Um, the offensive line, once we lost such and such guy, and now we're giving up big time. Sack. The offensive line played really well the down the stretch. Again, I understand that they gave up a couple sacks, but they gave Browning a lot of airtime back there in the pocket. And I was just like, Browning, you got plenty of time, bro. If you get sacked on this play, it's on you. And that's yeah. how I was watching it. And that was even – and I for straight up forgot Alex Kappa went down and left the game for a little bit and Cody Ford had to come in to replace him. I straight up forgot that that even happened because the O-line still gelled as a nucleus unit. So, yeah, I, yeah, I just had to say that and give O-line I, some I, proper credit. To me, it looked like he rolled an ankle or foot, sprained foot, something along those lines. Um, 
but he came back and played pretty effectively after that. Hey, we appreciate all you guys rocking with us. Uh, whether you're on Spotify, if you're on Apple Pod, Google Pod, wherever you get your podcast, or if you're watching this on YouTube, we appreciate it. Make sure you go ahead, hit that thumbs up, like, subscribe, rate us those five-star reviews. Share us with a friend. Tell a friend to share us with a friend. We we, uh, we appreciate all the support we get from you guys every week. And uh, we keep building this thing up, and we appreciate it. So we're going to take a quick break. Uh, but while we're doing it, get those likes out there. All right, we are back, Bengals fans, here with the Roaring Reactions. The Running Through the Jungle crew on the Fans First Sports Network. And it is that time of the week again where we give out our game balls, offensive and defensive game balls. There, This could, this could swing. Uh, you know, I, we've had a this few of them that were pretty ball. obvious. The, the, this is a little less obvious, so I'm kind of interested in this one. We'll, uh, yeah. we'll start off with Tim. Um, oh. I want to, before we do that, before we go to the game balls, I do want, because he's not going to get a game ball. Um, so they're running back Ty Chandler. Chandler. Ty Chandler. Okay. Ty Chandler ran a four, three, eight, 40 and, uh, broke into our secondary and was instantly caught by DJ Turner. Also pretty fun to watch. Four, three, eight, four, three, eight, 40 speed. Just ain't going to pop it on our defense. That's kind of fun. That's a, that's kind of fun to have back there. So I, I wanted to make sure I remember to get that in. That was my last mm-hmm. note there. So Tim, we'll go over to you for your game balls. Who you got for your offensive and uh, defensive game balls, Tim? My offensive game ball is going to go to uh, Jake Browning and T Higgins. It, it ain't one person going to get that without Jake and T are you, you going to split the ball long ways or right down the center? Like right down, how, the, how we right down the center. They're both getting my offensive game. They're 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 co game ballers. Why? Because you know Jake proven in the fourth quarter and T catching those touchdowns. Without them too, we would have never came back in this game. Now defensive game ball. You know. I want to just give it to Trey because he had 1.5 sacks, but that, that ain't going to happen. I'm sorry, but my game ball is going to go to Jermaine Pratt. Jermaine Pratt played hell of a ball today. Um, with that, uh, without that stupid offsides penalty that they called on Hendrickson, which it was not. If you watched it in slow mo, Hendrickson was not offsides, and that would have been a pick six for Jermaine Pratt. So Jermaine Pratt. You're getting my game ball, buddy. Keep it up. I dig it. Um, yeah, that's two weeks in a row, a, a penalty called on um, Trey Hendrickson late in the game. That Both of them were kind of ticky-tack by the letter of the law. The late hit was a late hit. It just wasn't a thumping hit. It wasn't much of anything um, last week. But this week, he did start before like the ball was snapped. But I... If, again if you go like if you go sorry, that like if you go that like clip by clip he's not yeah. across the ball yet yeah, yeah. i watched I, the slow-mo i watched the slow-mo before we started this show 
and I was watching him, watching him. Motion went, he jumped, but as soon as the ball was snapped, then he crossed the line of scrimmage. You know, it, the, you know, the like refs have been our enemies today, so. It felt like that that was what you saw from Von Miller all those years because he had time to snap so perfectly that it looked like he was offsides to the point where mm-hmm. I thought he was actually offsides. But here's the thing. I'm not going to argue against the call, essentially. I'm not going to be those chiefers and stuff like that because of what happened to them the, uh, against the Bills with Kadarius Tony. Look, it was an offsides penalty. It was unfortunate. It wiped out a pick six because that was one hell of a play. It had, right. And the offsides penalty didn't even have nothing to do with that. Jermaine Platt made an incredible play. But right. the bottom line is it, it was just frustrating because – that should not have been a backbreaker to allow the Colts to go. I'm sorry, the Vikings to go down and score again because the defense, while deflating as that is, you still had them back up all the way back and you still missed a golden opportunity. And they was able to get a free five yards on second and five. And then, you know, they scored on that drive. So that, that's what I needed to say about that personally. Well, you know, sorry, Brandon. You're good. My whole opinion is this is if we would have lost, it would have been a whole different ball game. I don't care. We oh, got sure. screwed on a couple of plays. Jermaine Pratt was one of them. The no DPI called when T caught that ball and Ooh. he was dragging on him and holding on him and all kinds of stuff. Refs, you know, like they're I, I don't know what's wrong with them. One minute they'll call a DPI for breathing on a on a player. Next minute they're you know, they're not calling it. So you yeah, know if we would have lost if we would have lost today. Those penalties would have been huge for us, and we would have all been pissed. Mm-hmm. Uh, Justin, we're going to flip it over to you. Who do you have for your offensive and defensive game balls, my man? Like I said, this is going to be a very tough one to do, but I do like the direction that you went, Tim, with splitting the ball down the middle and giving one half to Jake Browning and the other one to T. Higgins. Um, I'm not going to copy the same formula, but I am – by a slight margin, I'm going to give this game ball to T. Higgins because it, it felt like that he turned into the alpha dog today. This was his contract game today. And if it wasn't for him making the adjustment on that deep, that ball was supposed to be picked by the um, by the corner of the Vikings that he ended up catching and had the enough awareness to keep his body and his toes inbound to contort his hand over the goal line and score the go-ahead touchdown. If he doesn't do that, this not saying that we are not going to not say that we weren't going to score, but there's no guarantee that you're going to score a touchdown right there. He was at the two, and he was able to twist and turn, get his long arms across the goal line. That was the play of the game and is honestly a top 10 play of the entire year across the NFL in general. So T. Higgins is getting my offensive game bar, um, game ball by a slight margin because – Look, you can't put it past Jake Brown and Magic performing well again. That dart that he threw on the right sideline of Tyler Boyd, that Boyd just hustled and catched, that was a hustle play by Tyler Boyd, and he had enough awareness himself to, again, break enough tackles, stay in bounds, get the proper amount of yardage needed to be right there basically to make it a chip shot field goal for McPherson. So enough, enough game balls can go around on offense, but I'm going to personally land it on T. Higgins as my offensive game ball prediction. Now here comes the defense. Because I do agree with you, Tim. I did like the Jermaine Pratt. That really should have been a one sack for him. Um, But I'm also glad that Trey Henderson got there too and make it a half sack because I'm rooting for Trey Henderson to stockpile them sack numbers up so he can get the uh, defense, steal the defensive player of the year award from basically everybody. Um, But that really should have been his sack. 
but I'm not going to go with him with my game ball. I want to also go with Trey Henderson because I've been beating drum. He is the big dog. And quite frankly, I would not be surprised if Brandon, you were to give it to him, but I'm actually going to go with Mike Hilton. Mike Hilton stay getting tackles for losses. He also was the person that stopped the Vikings from scoring another touchdown because they were, they were just run. They was going crazy for real in that first half. But for him to get that first INT covering Justin Jefferson uh, in double coverage, he he brought the energy and he brought the fire. So for me personally, I'm landing with Mike Hilton. You know, he he he's showing that he's the he's the senior captain on, on that defense today. And uh, you know, gotta gotta give it to him for me. That, that that's a good that's a good shout out. I, I like Hilton there on a the game ball. Yes, the tackle for a loss. He had a big uh tackle for a loss on an RPO. Um the interception at first glance, right? It looks like a terrible throw from Nick Mullins. When you mm-hmm. go back and watch the replay, the reason why it looks so terrible is because Jefferson, after Mike Hilton read it perfectly and jumped the route, Jefferson then abandoned the route, the crossing route, and went to the post. Um, uh, so he was supposed yeah. to cross there. Mullins threw it where we supposed to. Hilton saw it and immediately jumped it. And that's why he made that play. So it was actually a really good play, uh, more so than it was a bad throw. So, uh, yeah, I, I like the game ball there with him. Um, I, uh, you know, the Browning and T seems to be the, the combo here we're going with on offense. Um, you make an argument. Browning had, you know, 324. He had um, two touchdowns. Uh, did have an interception, uh, completed to, uh, passes to 11 different targets. That's pretty, that's pretty outstanding. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you know who had the most catches? I'm going to go with our boy Chase Tanner, Brown. our boy oh, Tanner, Tanner, Tanner. Yep. That's Tanner true. Hudson, five catches, man. So, uh, becoming a good outlet for him. Glad to see that production coming from our uh, tight end room now. And Tanner Hudson seems to be the cream of the crop in that in that in that room. Um, but even though we only had four catches for sixty-one yards, T. Higgins was the outlet, um, especially after Chase left. When we needed a big play. They just threw it up to him, and that touchdown pass where he contorted his body and threw the ball over the pylon behind him, I like don't think people realize how hard that is. He's being drugged one way by the defender, and his big physical receiver with strong enough hands to palm it one-handed and spin that the other way. Mm-hmm. And again, you, you know, you, you hear – the whole terminology of gang tackle, run to the ball, da da da. da. There's a there's a defensive back just became a, an audience watching that. Can't let that happen, man. That's that's bad defense by the Colts. Uh, if that would have been our defense doing that, I would have been livid. But our guys don't do that. They all go to the ball. Um, and again, I thought the defensive backs, uh, Hilton stepping up uh, without Cam Taylor Britt out there. I, you know. That was really good. But 12 tackles and should have had a pick six. I'm giving it to Pratt, too. Um, 
you know, Miles Murphy, you, you gave a shout out to. Uh, he, Honorable mention for me. He definitely played his best game. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, um, Awuzie has looked better uh, the past couple weeks. Uh, you know, I thought they did a good job. They, they, I think you ha- kind of have to pick your poison, right? When you've got Hawkinson, Jefferson, Addison out there, and they were just like, you know what? Addison's going to have to beat us. Yeah. He almost did. He almost did. He had a great game. Um, BJ Hill with that interception. I mean, that's got to be mentioned. That's two, two weeks two, in a row. In that row. one literally that. fell in his lap today. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so a lot of lot of good plays on D, even though we gave up the points. Like I said, two of those touchdowns could have easily been turnovers. Uh, so yeah. I'm, I'm going to leave it up there. Uh, before we get out of here, real quick, we got a lot lot to watch this week. Um, the game on right now, the Steelers and Colts, a big game to us. Uh, we got the Texans a big game to us. We got a lot of big games to us. The Browns are a big game to us. There's a lot, a lot of things to take a look at. So yeah, Broncos game tonight too. Yeah, yeah. Before as we're we, watching as we're recording right now, the Steelers are down 24 to 13 early in the third quarter. 24 to 13. Yeah, I said that right. Yeah. 24 to 13. Uh, I'd appreciate it if we would just not score any more points because I've just blindly been betting the under on the Steelers all year. Um, <laughs> there's, I've only lost twice. You know what I mean? It's a pretty good, it's a pretty big, pretty good gig. Uh, mm-hmm. Also, I did the same thing with the Iowa Hawkeyes. If you need more of this, uh, you know, gambling predictions, go check out Pater. It's a good, it's a good show. Pay, uh, pay, yeah. pay, save me last week. I had, I had a rough pays week. dividends. One, Peter two, pays one. dividends. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, we'll, we'll, let's let's talk about a real quick, off the top of the cuff, matchup with the Steelers next week. Saturday game, 430 uh, in Pittsburgh, my backyard. Um, so I have to hear it from Steelers fans all week. It'll be fun. A game we desperately need. We need to – I want to just put them out of their misery too. Justin, what's your quick take here on uh, the Steelers game? You got to bring the street fight to this team. You haven't won an AFC North game yet. And this – you should have lost them in the first place, but I get it. Jake Brown is first start. You know, he had to get his flow together, understand game flow. You're going against TJ Watt, Alex Highsmith. But you were still in your home stadium. And if there was any team that you match up really well against in your own division, it's Pittsburgh. Sorry, but um, the, the brass of the Steelers just does not look strong to me this season at all, even though I do, you know, give Mike Tomlin credit for what he's had to deal with this season. Getting the seven wins is no no easy picnic for the way how they played on offense. But you got to just, you know, we'll get more into it, obviously, this week. But you got to take the street fight to them and put them out of their misery, just like you just said. Yeah, uh, I agree a thousand percent. A quarterback play for the Steelers has not looked great um, all season, and I, I don't think um, it doesn't sound like Kenny Pickett's going to be back. So they're probably looking at another Mitch game. Uh, Tim, quick take on the uh, the Steelers game coming up next week. It's AFC North football, man. It, it's it's time. It's what well, this is where blood, sweat, and tears are going to happen. These next. Two games that we have left with the Steelers and the Browns. This is AFC North football. It, it's do or die for you know it's do or die time for both of us. You know we need the W's. Uh, you know it, it's 
like I said earlier today, Steelers, they don't really have a leader and they don't really have an identity. Um, but that does not mean that we cannot lose. But one thing Jake Browning said was, you know, when he first came out, you know, against the, against the Ravens, you know, that was like week half for him. Against the Steelers was week one and a half for him. Now he's got some starts under his, his, his belt. I can see Jake doing a little bit better against the Steelers and let's hopefully we can pull out the W who day. Yeah, I agree. Um, the one thing I think that he cannot do that he did in this game, um, we gave up five sacks. Four of those I think are on Browning uh, for holding the ball too long. Yeah, definitely. You're playing against Highsmith and TJ Watt. It's one, two. If you get to three, you've eaten it. Um, mm-hmm. So that that's one of those things where we need to make sure we're getting the ball out on two or two and a half. Uh that that's the only thing now check us out on wednesday live on youtube thursday morning for your morning drive commute all running through the jungle i'm going to tell you who i think we should pick on in this game and it's going to be a little bit of a hot take should be fun um but we will dive more into that coach speak um the coach's uh cliff notes pretty pretty boring this week uh you know Again, Zach Taylor is not going to give us uh, injury information. Uh, you know, we got to wait and see, and we got to look and everything. So we'll we'll dive a little bit more into that this week as well with the Jamar Chase. Obviously, a big a big deal. Um, but I, I think Reader and Ivy, both those DJs, look like they're we're. It looks like we're down to one DJ. Yeah. So can we get two chases? That's what that's that's the uh, the next thing we got to look at. Um, but yeah, big win for the for the Bengals, and like we said, man, I, I, Justin, I think you hit the nail on the head. This is a culture win, not giving up, fighting, clawing, and this is the stuff I wanted to see from this team once we had Joe Burrow go down. Because if we can do this now, it sets that table for when Joe Burrow comes back next year. We got to play that same way and that same intensity, and not count on him to carry us. And I, I'm. I'm calling that from the coaching staff uh, to the entire 53-man roster has to do the same thing when he gets back. I think we need to run the ball well. I think we need to be a little more balanced and not put everything. It's easy to put it on his shoulders because he is next world. Uh, And I think we need to – everybody's got to carry their own weight as a team if we want to get over that hump. Uh, The expectations have changed. The expectations no longer – are to be a 500 team to win to hopefully get a winning season to hopefully make the playoffs the expectations are now to win the division and 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 get to a super bowl that's it yeah so i dig it so for justin lacy tim lyons that's my rant for the day we appreciate you guys rocking with us join us again uh cut to the chase on tuesday we got uh Running through the jungle all Wednesday. We'll be making some more uh, deep dives into our matchup next Saturday at 4.30 with the Steelers. But until then, day and go root for those AFC teams to lose. day? Yeah, day Nation. Yeah. Go root against the Texans. Please and thank you. We, we need a big giant L from them. We'll see you guys Wednesday. <laughs>